0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian. And joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. Hi. And your co-host, Hunter. I'm here, too. And your co-host, Spats. Hello. Uh, Folks, before we introduce our guest, uh, I just want to apologize for skipping the last couple weeks. We just, it's been exhausting lately, and we're just tired. And and sometimes you just need a break. So that's what happened the last couple of weeks. Just wanted to apologize for that. It happens. It's gonna happen every now and again. Um we'll try to do that when we have a guest like we do tonight, but sometimes, sometimes you just don't feel up to it. And you don't want to you don't want to half ass a thing. You know, you don't want to just show up and go like, hey guys, it's a podcast. Um and just go um a million times for an hour. Like no one wants that. So just wanted to apologize for that, but we do have a guest today. Uh, oh, Mazer, where are you calling from?
1: I am from Seattle, Washington.
0: Oh, okay. So you're a West Coast person, like two of us at least. Um, love Seattle, by the way. It's a great town. Uh, joining us from, apparently, Seattle, Washington. Uh, Mazer of, oh God, Aridinus, Uri- 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 Aridinus. What do you say it for? Eridonis. 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 There you go. Oh, God. I'm terrible. Aerodonis. Aerodonis Industries to talk about Nebulous Fleet Command, uh, the game we're going to be talking about tonight. Welcome, Mazer. Thank you so much for
1: joining us. Thank you for having me.
0: Now, I'm going to be honest. I did not get much time to play your game. I played a couple of the tutorials, and that was it. So, uh, But I did really like what I saw. I, I liked how how detailed your controls are and everything. We're going to get into that. Um, But first off, for folks who might not know or have never heard of the game, why don't you give them and us the elevator pitch for uh, Nebulous?
1: So, okay, elevator pitch is that Nebulous is a very in-depth, very detailed mix of realism and fantasy for sci-fi tactical space combat. Um, Basically, you control a small, it's small, intimate fleet combat between... About ten ships on one side, ten on the other, um, and you control everything from individual weapons, plotting missile courses, formations, etc
0: um I hate to do this. Could you please repeat that because as uh, as folks we were having some okay, I was having some internet, I was having some audio issues before uh, we started, and we got it worked out except for one thing. Uh, OBS apparently forgot its settings. And so for the first two or three minutes of this, there was no audio going out to the stream. It's going out, you know, the audio recording will have all of it, but it wasn't going out to the stream. Super apologize for that. I'm an idiot. Um, I did not know OBS just forgot to do what it was supposed to do. So Mazer, I apologize. Could you please repeat that again?
1: All right. I'll go through it one more time and this time I'll do it right. Um, Yes. Uh, so Nebulous Fleet Command, Elevator Pitch, it's a mix between very hard realism and soft sci-fi, so that kind of a, trying to find the perfect balance for tactical fleet combat in intimate small battles uh, with realistic radar, electronic warfare, detailed control systems, detailed damage model. Um, so realistic sensors, positional damage on armor, damage on components, repair parties, et cetera. Um and the idea is to make a very deep, uh, complicated <laughs> tactical game. So it so, looks
2: like Homeworld plays like Harpoon.
3: Well, Kinda, I was yeah. actually I was actually <laughs> gonna say it, it plays a lot like Homeworld too. And the reason why I say that is is your your attention to detail on the ship stuff is actually pretty similar to how Homeworld did it. But the thing that I really like what you're doing here is you're really taking more of a vested interest in the individual ships rather than like how homeworld did it where it's kind of like you're almost fleet management type rts stuff this is uh this is getting like really like honed in on each individual ship which is what i really like and uh, the first tutorial just was like instantly showing me like you've got these different modules on your ship um that can get damaged and i was like well homeworld did that too but it was kind of like on a on like a on like a meta scale like on a grander scale so it's just like you know you could i could take out the docking whatever thing on a mothership, but it could get repaired but it was like that's all that you really managed was like the the superstructure of things your stuff has like here's all of the gun modules here's all the like you get you get way more way more to the ship level of things which i think is fantastic a lot of attention to detail
1: yeah, thank you. Um, I loved Homeworld growing up. It was my favorite game. Um, but one of the things that I didn't like is that everything is such a, at such a, a large scale. And I know it's not a grand strategy game, but you've got hundreds of units on the field. It's really easy to just lose sight of that one frigate. Um, I wanted a game where you only have, uh, it's a small intimate fleet. You've only got a couple ships. You pick the names and numbers for every single one of them. They're all configured exactly as you want them to be. Um, and I wanted each ship to have meaning. Um, I kind of, um, so my background in the Navy kind of gives me a really interesting perspective on ships. Um, and so I tried to put that in the game where a ship has so much more to it than just a unit. Uh, it's a bunch of people all working together uh, and a bunch of systems all working together in concert. And I really wanted the game to. Give you that feeling rather than just having a bunch of expendable units. That uh, another important thing that hasn't been mentioned yet is that they can't be replaced. You don't build units in the game, so the ships you enter the field with are all you get, and you have to make use of them.
0: Oh crap! I,
3: I like that oh, a lot. Oh crap! This is this is. I
0: mean, this it's is not is good for me. It's not good for yeah, me.
3: <laughs> it's very it's very noticeable that this is your love letter to Homeworld. Like that's one of the things that I took out of this. I was like, this guy
0: played a lot of Homeworld and liked it. <laughs> But I, but I can see, that's, but, I was going to say, that's not see, a
3: bad thing by the way. That's not a bad thing. By
0: no, way. but I can see what you mean. Homeworld does because of so many units, it has to abstract things. It has to abstract the more detailed, maybe crew management. It has to, you know, make the units a little more expendable and less, um, less like a core of yours, of your, of your force, rather than, you know, th- it's not a core. It's a basically just oh, let's build some more units and th- you know throw them into the the uh, beehive. Um, yeah. Well,
2: instead of instead of attrition of numbers of ships, you have attrition of the systems of the ship, and you can repair those back and such. And I liked how the damage control stuff was implemented.
1: Yeah, the kind of core um, one of the most core parts of the game is that it's about efficient and intelligent management of ever decreasing resources you don't get missiles back you don't get ships back you don't get oh. bullets back what you have when you enter the field um when you lose a ship all the missiles that were on that ship are gone so if you had 60 missiles on that ship that's 60 less missiles that you have for the entire game
3: so so there's no there's no plan for like any kind of like a reinforcement
1: like system so it's like it's just you this is what you have for the battle this is all you get for the skirmish game, yes. Uh, we are planning to implement a conquest style as a first or second. Ma- we got a couple major upgrades we're planning once we get into early access. Um, the f- One of the two first ones is either going to be carriers or conquest mode. Uh, but the conquest mode is going to be you're in a procedurally generated solar system. Uh, there's an attacking force and a defending force. There's planets, orbital facilities, logistics networks, etc. cetera. Um, and you have those fleets and supply depots so you can restock ammo in that case but not in an actual battle. So, but it, so all that stuff will be limited.
3: So I have I've I've done I've done a little bit of the tutorial so my question about this is like when I want to talk about resources and like um, supply I guess when you when you start a battle, um, you everything's on the field, or can you will you be able to like bring in
1: stuff later? That's maybe like
3: you. This is what you get, but you don't have to bring it in right now. Does that make
1: sense? Uh, it, may, it does make sense. You're kind of thinking of the war game approach where you've got the deck, sure. and then you get um, reinforcement points. No, uh, at the start, your whole fleet is on the field, and you can position them. The maps are very large. Right. Uh, the tutorial map is pretty small, but the the main map that we actually have for PvP right now is pretty pretty damn big. Uh, so everything's on the field, but you can position things in reserve in a way where the enemy's probably not going to find them.
0: I got, t- nice. I got, I got to tell you, uh, it's not just the homeworld vibes, but I'm getting—I don't know if you ever played a game called Starshatter, but playing your game and hearing you talk about the uh, conquest mode is really giving me some uh, some Star Shatter vibes, which is a very good thing because that game was amazing. I don't uh, think I've ever heard of that one. Uh,
2: yeah. So it started yeah. out, it was like a, it was a star fighter sim.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
2: he put in the ability to actually order capital ship formation.
0: Yeah. You got promoted, stuff, so. you got promoted to like a captain and an admiral and you can command eventually the whole fleet in a system. And it was kind of like that. Like you had the forces you had and you had to, and, and you couldn't rely on reinforcements and you couldn't rely on like like never-ending missiles, for example. So you really had to be tactical and use what you had, and so that, in a very good way, reminds me of the later game of Starshatter, which still a very unique game to this day. Um, I'm so look the, that one up. Yeah, it's a good thing you can. Uh, they released the source code for it a while back, uh, so you can get it yeah, off for, for free now. It's out
2: there, abandoned where. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, but it's definitely worth playing. It is, it is a balls hard game. <laughs> yeah,
2: the, the base game was, uh, did you ever play Falcon 3? It's it's not quite Falcon 4 level of fidelity, but I'd call it like yeah. Falcon 3 in space.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'd say that. I'd say that. Oh, interesting. We have a request for the developers. Can we rename or regender our crews?
1: <laughs> uh, so to answer that, right now, um, the crews are all abstracted. The damage control parties have X number of people in them, and each module has... Uh, individual people working in them, but they don't have names or anything right now. Uh, The crew does have an overall, um, what do you call it? An overall attitude. So, or or a a reaction to the stress basically. Uh, So as ships take hits and things get destroyed, their, their uh, tension gets heightened. And so their voice callbacks actually get more stressed. Um, But right now that's about as far as we've got the detail for the crew.
3: That's pretty detailed actually. so that is yeah that was pretty, our, yeah. that was the
1: work of our sound designer Marshall that was their idea. Um, and it's they did a really great job. We've got five voice sets for all the ships right now. so you'll click on a ship when it's calm and it'll be like, "What are your orders, commander?" And then when they've taken five missile hits and half their modules are destroyed, they'll be like, "What do you need?"
3: Oh God uh, it's kind of like uh, that's me, great. The, um, the red thingy is uh going towards the green thingy. Uh I think we're the green thingy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it gets, re- green it thingy. gets real it gets real bad, they turn into Bill Paxton and
0: aliens.
3: Game, game over, man, Game over.
0: Oh no. Uh rest in peace, Bill Paxton. Uh I still miss that guy. Oh my god. Taken way too soon. Remedy. Anyway. <laughs> Not to go on a tangent. Uh so that is uh the the conquest mode is like the first big piece of content you're planning for early access.
1: One of the two, it's going to be probably community choice on whether we get spacecraft carriers or conquest first, but they're both pretty heavy lifts.
0: Yeah, I can I can I can imagine carriers would be a real heavy heavy. Now though, now in terms of gameplay, what will carriers like add to what's already there?
1: Uh So it'll entail a. a kind of an important rebalance of how the um, the scouting meta works. So uh, sensors are a huge part of the game. But right now, uh, so the game has like realistic radar reflection, um, radar cross-section calculation, jamming, and things like that. And so sensors are a really important part. And right now, Corvettes, which I meant, I intended them to be a very fast attack, uh, anti-cap, anti Battleship anti-heavy cruiser platform, so they zip in, drop torpedoes, and get out. Um, but they've kind of been repurposed by the testers and the pre-alpha players as kind of a scouting platform. They pack all the sensor suites that they can that they can fit on them, and they fly them around because they have very small radar cross sections, very hard to see. Um, and so the ships probably will get rebalanced so that that's not really as possible anymore once scout planes and things are introduced. It'll also change. Um, The anti-larger ship meta in terms of using fighters to to drop torpedoes instead of corvettes. Uh, But I think they'll still share a role for that because uh, the torpedoes are are really big. They're probably bigger than a fighter would be. Um, They'll also, so aside from scout ships, sorry? I
3: said that's a big torpedo.
1: It's a really big torpedo, yeah. It's um, It's meant for cracking battleships in half, basically. A single torpedo in the right place is enough to kill a heavy cruiser. Um, because part of the I think part of the real benefit of the diminishing uh, the diminishing resources aspect management of the game is that the fact that missiles and torpedoes are so limited means that I can make them really, really scary. So yeah, the only that, picks- was a,
2: that was a thing that I liked a lot uh, the, just the missile play in the game um, al- although the caveat of that is that it takes me a long time to plot missile shots so if i have to do it in real time and the ai doesn't have to think as hard and make mistakes like i do then i just get eaten alive so if if i could have like an active pause or something going on i, d- I don't know if that screws up your
1: uh that like, was something design or what that was something i had considered for uh the single player, not the multiplayer, uh, because you'll be working on the same time scale as the other human player that you're fighting against. Right, right now, the AI is actually throttled. Uh, it's on a 15 second decision timer, but the problem is that it makes decision for all 10 of its ships in that 15 seconds, whereas right. a human player uh, can't do that. So, I'm probably going to change that in the future. Um, but one of the, I think the biggest concern I've got right now is uh, what the testers have started calling, quote, hands off keyboard moments uh which is where <sighs> there's so much going on there's so much input to the player's senses uh that they just they can't react um and I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing because as a human player you can f- if you can force your opponent into that state then you're probably going to win and that's I think a valid strategy but when you're playing against the AI it's very frustrating yeah i i feel
2: like it would be a thing like each ship has its own captain so if i could tell that captain you know that hey, this is how to act when I'm not controlling you. You know, yeah. I, I want you, I want you to follow this script,
1: right? Yeah, and, and so that and that is something that I've I've thought about. It's in the design um, a doctrines kind of mechanic where you can yeah. set your fleet's current doctrine so that when you're not tending them, they'll behave in a certain way, right? Uh, and but it, overall, like I want to make set, sure the
2: player maintains. Yeah, it's like if I set a frigate up with a whole bunch of uh, of like point defense weapons. And then it, it's like, okay, you are the Aegis cruiser here. This is what you do, right? So, uh, it it should just be aware. Like my job is to get between the enemy, you know, between what asset I'm defending and the enemy, and shoot down all the stuff coming in. Um, which yeah. I will say. The game is damn effective at doing that because I've wasted so many missiles trying to <laughs> trying to get a missile through. Um, what's what's the strategy with that? Because they come out one at a time when you launch them, right? So it's not like I can I yeah. can get a cloud and overwhelm it. So, um, but I, I I did find that it was really interesting uh, the the mechanic that you have in there for some of the, some of the missiles where I can actually plot waypoints for them. And it's a cruise missile at that point. And it's in the last training mission, you have a ship that's hiding behind an asteroid and I have to plot missile shots that go like over or below and around the asteroid. And I, and and it's a blind shot, right? So it's, it's kind of like in a, in a submarine game where it's like the seeker head on the end of the torpedo is this cone so whenever I give it its last waypoint and tell it to go active, then the target needs to be in that cone, and it'll take care of business from there. And I, I rather like that. Um, but I, I did that. My one beef with all these games that have a three a three D map on a two D screen is um, it's just it's a bear sometimes trying to plot a waypoint in 3d space because especially like with homeworld right and i think a lot of people when they played homeworld didn't use the verticality as much you know it's like if i can play it on a flat plane i'll try but unless it forces me off the plane um but that's kind of more of a homeworld ui limitation than that you've gotten around to a great extent um but it's it's still like i i can see like you're you're still kind of like working with it trying to get it in the right spot with the play testers and stuff but it's definitely better than Homeworld was but it's it's just the it's the thing of like I think I'm pointing at a at a place in space and then whenever the actual waypoint lands it's like oh wow that's nowhere near where I thought you know <laughs> so yeah, yeah. and and it's like I can I can back that up and redraw it but if I'm dealing with AI in real time you know it's it's like I can't I can't afford like four do overs to get that missile in the right place. So it makes it kind of tough.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so and it, I don't know if
2: well a thought uh, that I, I don't know if the, that uh, I had on that is what if you referenced like when I'm trying to plot a missile shot that goes over the asteroid. If I click on the asteroid and say, okay, this is the this is the reference object and I want it to be this distance from that, right? It was like the solution that I was kind of thinking about.
1: Yeah, uh, reference objects are something that's been suggested. Um, Referencing ships is also a possibility for movement like the orbit order. The issue is that uh, the sensor tracks do tend to disappear, especially when jamming is present. And so if you are orbiting a sensor track and that sensor track goes poof, what do you do? Revert back to the position, but then when it comes up, do you go back to it? It's a big hullabaloo. Um, But going back to your original question, um, what's the best tactics for missiles? It's actually to create a fan. Uh, So the missiles at their last waypoint will spread out um, and then catch the target on the edge of their seeker cone and then all arc back in and that the point defenses can't deal with missiles not coming in one after the other in a line. Uh, Also attacking from multiple prongs with multiple ships helps
2: with that. Okay. And I did notice like some angles of the ship were much less defended. Like if I if I came straight down on the top of it, as opposed to in from the front or the side, I, I was yeah. more successful. Yeah, I, yeah. I spent a few hours just tossing cruise missiles whenever I was learning how to do that, and it was I was pretty fascinated with it.
1: The the missile flight path for the cruise missiles is meant to be an advanced player strategy. You should be able to get by without it, but using it will give you a serious edge. And I don't know if I'm watching the stream on mute in another screen. I don't know if there's more footage than just the first tutorial uh, showing actual weapon use, but uh, and the tactical view trying to help with um,
0: there isn't, under- I just, I just recorded the first tutorial. I didn't want to give too much away. I'm sorry.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. So um, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, there is a tactical view that shows uh, range rings um, and projects everything down onto that that sphere. Obviously, you know this, um, but I'm describing for the viewers so that you can see um, a little easier where things are in 3D space relative to the ship you have selected, um, rather than just in in stereotypical stereotypically in your sci-fi games, everything's on a little popsicle stick that sticks straight up off the plane. But if it's two kilometers above you, directly above you, that line is going to drop straight down on your ship. Uh, when you really want to know that it's two kilometers away. And so it projects that out on a sphere and then down onto the plane at the two-kilometer point.
0: Okay, that sounds awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't get that far. I apologize. Um, But I'm gonna.
1: (laughs) I hope at some point to uh, watch you play on stream. If If you ever do, I'd love to get a ping.
0: Oh yeah! Uh, usually with space games, I pre-record videos for them. Um, but yeah, I could totally stream this. I think. Yeah, I've uh, got
2: I've got about three or four hours of me like chucking cruise missiles. If you want to watch, <laughs> it. would um, probably it's be more on helpful. my Twitch channel. Yeah, that'd probably be more helpful.
0: <laughs> uh, so we have a question from the
1: chat: Is there going to be a story in the game? So. Um, The actual, uh, the basic mechanical lore of like how ships travel and stuff, um, we've kind of fleshed it out, but obviously much more important things to do like developing mechanics and and doing art. Uh, The current code base is at, I think, 60,000 lines. So there's a lot that this game is built on. So it takes a lot of work and I don't have a lot of time for story writing. Uh, But the basic campaign, there will be a campaign uh, is going to be, um, kind of a civil war uh, scenario where a system is trying to secede and it basically the player is going to be fighting a bunch of retrofitted cargo ships um, that are fit for brawling and they've got yes. a small fleet that's uh, I wanted a way to give the player um, in this intimate 10 ship maximum fleet system that we've got I wanted to give the player a way to feel like they're an important part of a much bigger battle and so there will be um, the player's side, major fleets moving all over the system the main battle force taking over planets and stuff like that um but they're a little task group off in the corner of the system harassing the enemy um that's mostly these retrofitted cargo ships but uh the the rebels have uh stolen an old decommissioned museum battleship and uh they have no and fleet command has no idea where it is and so it kind of serves as this boss in hiding like could it show up in this mission i have no idea the rebels, sir,
3: they're here.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so you'll go through the you'll go through the campaign mostly fighting against large numbers of very fragile but very dangerous ships, uh, and then at some point, this this real combatant, this battleship, this mothballed battleship, is going to show up and kick your stuff in.
2: <laughs> so is it going to be a situation where you start, let's say, with four ships, right, and then mission to mission? As it goes through the campaign, you you continue to have those ships. So if you lost one, you're without it for the rest of the campaign. It's not just like per mission.
1: Yes, and unlike Homeworld, so there'll be a persistent fleet like Homeworld, but unlike Homeworld, you can't build replacements. Uh, There will be a system to get reinforcements periodically because if you're down to one ship, some missions might not be possible to complete. Um, But overall, your ammo state and your ship condition And your number of ships is going to persist between missions. And so every missile that you fire in mission one is one less missile you have in mission two and three and four. Mm. Now, can I I change all the mounts on
2: my ship or am I stuck with the config that I took at the onset? Uh, For the
1: campaign, yes. Uh, So the current thinking is yes, but that might change depending on player and tester feedback. Uh, A lot of that campaign stuff hasn't been fleshed out yet. We're still focused on making the skirmish game fun. Right. But the ships themselves are for the normal multiplayer or player versus AI game. uh, The ships are fully configurable down to individual compartments.
0: Compartments? Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. So you, you pick the number of damage control lockers that you want to bring. You pick the number of magazines you want to bring and what exactly they is uh, filling them. Um, Oh. And then you also pick, uh, you know, what all your, your exterior mounts, your utility systems are, whether that's weapons, uh, electronic warfare, fire control, radars, that kind of stuff, missile launchers.
0: Oh that, oh, oh, that sounds, that sounds freaking great. How many different types of ships right now? Are you, okay. How many ships do you have right now? And how many are you planning?
1: We have, uh, we just got our fifth hull in yesterday. Sorry. Uh, or uh, not yesterday, Tuesday. Sunday. That is the the light cruiser that was missing. So we got a Corvette, a Frigate, a Destroyer, a Light Cruiser, and a Heavy Cruiser. We're working on the battleship now, and that will be the full suite of hulls for this faction. At some point, we're going to do a second faction, but uh, right now it'll be those six classes. Uh, basically, the Corvette's job is either scouting or dealing heavy damage or sneaking around and dealing damage like ambush damage to large ships with torpedoes. The Frigate is your all-around utility ship uh the destroyer is a um it's a it's the only ship with a spinal Sky mount so it's got Sky. beam weapons and rail guns uh that it can shoot over long distance or, or the beam is a knife fighting weapon basically up close uh your light cruiser is a fast ship meant to attack down so it's your heavy ship that's meant to uh find and kill scout corvettes and utility frigates and then your heavy cruiser right now is basically your mainstay ship and I can I don't know if there's somewhere I can put pictures of these different hulls for you guys but or if you'll just watch the trailer on the steam page they'll get a look at everything except for the light cruiser cuz it's brand new. Uh,
0: I don't know. I mean, live on the stream, I guess you can post it into one of the channels. Some channels are weird about posting links. Um so I don't know which channel would be best, but like in the Discord stream chat. Yeah, if like it directly into stream chat on Discord. Then uh, Oh really? Oh real okay, that'll probably work. Uh so yes, that'll probably work. And we also have a channel on our Discord for people to post images and stuff like that and game updates.
1: Okay. I'll uh while we're talking, I'll get a couple of screenshots of the ships for stream chat.
0: Oh great. Perfect. Uh yeah, uh H- Honor 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 Harrington has come up more than once in the chat. <laughs> say
3: my name? I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no 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 not Hunter. Hunter,
3: uh, wait. So, what, why Why you keep saying my name? It's <laughs> an old Southern joke because no one pronounces the T. So,
0: oh really? Oh, oh. So it's Honor. Hunter. It's Hunter. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, Dude, my dope. childhood
3: in the South was just. Uh, just. Uh, I guess I don't have a T in my name.
0: <laughs> <so>. <laughs> mm, Hunter, oh, I might have to do that now. Uh, oh God. Okay, oh and your co-host yeah, Hunter. So,
2: so that that does bring up a thing, right? Because the ships don't have shields; it's just armor, and you can actually blow turrets off of them pretty easily. Um, so I, I found that that's that's pretty interesting as well, because it, it brings it a little more into the hard sci-fi
1: instead of being Star Warsy. Yeah, I've never really been a fan of shields. Um, I loved Nexus, the Jupiter incident. As soon as you go through the wormhole and start encountering ships with shields, I started not liking it. Yeah. Uh, it was
2: uh, basically <laughs> the same thing. Like the the initial couple of missions where, where it was like the expanse, it was like, this is the best game ever. And then you get through the wormhole and it's like, Hey, Star Trek. And was,
1: yeah. Um, but the, the uh, yeah. Getting modules blown off takes them away. Uh, forever, the HUD will show you, or the UI will show you, what modules, what every module on your ship or surface module on your ship is doing, whether they're idle, targeting, whether they're uh, down to the detail of they're they're masked by the hull, so they're trying to turn to the target but they can't. Um, and then it'll also show you if they're destroyed. And when it comes to destroyed modules with the damage control parties, uh, I realized that there was a cool opportunity to give players uh, an interesting choice. In terms of evaluating what's most important to them. So when modules or components or whatever are destroyed, uh, you have a limited number of abilities to restore them from a destroyed state. And so you've got a ship that's had one of its reactors knocked out, but all of its turrets or one of its missile launchers, and you've got two opportunities to restore one of those or two of those. Which ones do you restore? Which ones are most important? Uh, if the engines are out, you can still turn, You can still restore the missile launcher and, and use the uh, cruise missile waypoint system to shoot missiles around the asteroids and hit a target. So use that now as a stationary gun platform, or if you want to get it out of danger and use its remaining gun mounts instead of its missile launcher, then you can repair the engines instead. Um, So it's kind of an interesting trade-off that the player gets.
0: Uh, I had a question. Then we have a question from the chat. Is there going to be any kind of salvage mechanic? Uh,
1: Possibly for the player who uh owns the ship or maybe both sides in the um in the conquest mode when fleets are persistent and move around the system uh the runes of the battle could maybe be salvaged uh it's not something i've i've put in the design but it's something that's possible uh in terms of uh, what was the second part of that question
0: Oh, no, that was that. There were two questions, uh, one from me and one from the chat. And that was my question Is there going to be salvage?
1: Yeah. So um, possibly, uh, some shine some, most of the time. Uh, when ships are destroyed, they remain. Uh, so ships don't suffer, suffer a spontaneous existence failure like they do in a lot of strategy <laughs> games. They don't just hit zero hit points and then go away.
0: Kind of fade um, away. Yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, most of the time when your ships get destroyed, it's because they meet a series of elimination conditions. So their CIC is destroyed and their engines are destroyed. and Or maybe they've uh, um, you know lost all of their damage control lockers so they can't repair anything or all their damage control teams are dead or their whole crew is dead Uh, but there are rare cases where ships will have fusion reactor overloads it's a debuff it's a catastrophic debuff uh, where under certain conditions if the reactor is hit it can start this chain reaction and you have basically a minute and a half or so for your damage control party to get there and fix it and if they don't the ship Explodes in a one and a half kilometer wide explosion that damages every ship in the vicinity
2: so that's when you have the heroic captain like evacuate the ship and then he, <laughs> he does an admiral hold it yeah, you, you can do that flies it up yeah you,
1: you can heat. fly uh, assuming that your engines are still functional, you can fly a ship with a pending reactor overload into the enemy formation and it'll blow up
0: will there be uh, i guess follow question to that will there be escape
1: pods uh, so escape pods. For a visual effect, yes. Uh, One of the downsides of the game right now is it's very hard to tell when a ship is eliminated. Uh, We've done a lot to remedy that with some effects. So when a ship is eliminated, a ship that's eliminated may still have its power on. So the bridge windows will still be blue. Its engines may be intact. So the engines will still be glowing. Uh, But it might be eliminated uh, for the sake of the game determining wind conditions. And so a player needs to know, "When when do I shift fire? Uh, so we've got a spilled fuel cloud that surrounds the ships when they're eliminated, and there's an alarm that if you're close enough, uh, you can hear, and that kind of indicates the ship's been quote eliminated. Oh, okay. Um, where was I going with that? Escape pods. Oh right, yeah. And so one of the effects one of the effects that we're going to add is is escape pods launching uh, from the ships to indicate the crew's evacuating.
0: Uh, and can they be picked, will they, I, I, I'm sorry, I keep going down the ra- these rabbit holes, but will they be able to like be picked up? Will you be able to save
1: For conquest mode, yes, because I think that crew longevity will be more important, especially when it comes to crew experience. Yes. Uh, A more experienced crew is less likely to become stressed under pressure. Mm. Uh, Right now, it doesn't happen. So right now, the only thing that crew stress does is it affects the voice callback lines. (laughs) Um, But eventually, a stressed crew will take less accurate shots. They'll respond to orders more slowly. Love it. um, That kind of stuff. So a more experienced crew would be a big benefit, and losing a ship with a veteran crew on it And not being able to save any of them. So your, your heavy cruiser that's been with you for the entire campaign goes critical. It's reactor explodes and everyone, all hands die. Uh, that was all that experience is now gone. So the ability to call an evac on your ship is something that, um, will be possible in, in the campaign mode and in the conquest mode.
0: Okay. That's great. Um, now, uh, the question that we have in the chat uh, oh yeah. Good for, good on you for Heritory for bringing up the lost fleet, um, book series Heritatory. Uh, if you haven't listened to that podcast, by the way, we interviewed the author of those a while back and that was an amazing show. So if you haven't listened to that one, go listen to that one. Um, but he asks if like, I guess in the conquest mode, not in the skirmish mode, will there be like logistics or tender ships for rearming or refueling that kind of thing? Are you, Are we doing
1: logistics? uh, We've thought about it. Uh, It's possible, but I think that... um, So once again, my perspective in the Navy coming out, reloading at sea or reloading underway or doing um, replenishment at sea takes all day. Uh, I have Mm. seen 15-hour long unwraps. Uh, So replenishing your ships in the middle of a battle, probably not... um, Probably not something that's going to happen in a reasonable amount of time. If you want to rush over like fuel or a little bit of ammo or a couple missiles from a supply tender, maybe a possibility, but I wouldn't waste a, sh- a, a ship slot in a combat fleet for that purpose. Uh, but in the conquest mode, it will be possible for fleets to meet up with resupply uh, because the timescale will be much larger when fleets are moving around the system and reload those missiles and ammo and fuel, et cetera.
0: Okay. That's awesome. That, that, that's the kind of thing we all want. Like one one of the reasons, um, I don't know if you ever played Conquest Frontier Wars. It's a old real time strategy game. But one of the reasons it's my favorite space real time strategy game is its um, supply su- is its supply um, and logistics system, uh, which is wonderful. And if you haven't played that, anyway, if you haven't played that and you're listening to this podcast, go play that. It's on GOG. Just go get it. <laughs>
1: Doesn't seem that I can uh, drop pictures into the stream chat, unfortunately.
3: What? Um, on Twitch, no, but here in Discord, yes. I am
1: trying in Discord, and it does not seem to work.
0: What? That doesn't make yeah, any. You have
1: to pay extra for that.
0: What? That doesn't make any. I'll I'll fix it right now. Bloody yeah! What is it? That doesn't make sense.
3: Because we have attached files, embedded links not available. So I'll let attach. Ah. files... Uh... Is, is it a link or is it an actual file?
1: It's a PNG.
0: Maybe yeah, maybe allow it for the podcast guest role. Uh, actually, but,
3: it's a bad idea.
0: Yeah, but not everyone, just that role, and us, of course. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that, folks. Ad, admin admins have it. Hold on a second. Real real time sausage being made. Um, <laughs> so so at the very least,
4: uh, anyone who is watching the podcast, they're not going to be able to see that because it's not going to. It's not going to jump over to the other chats they won't see that but anyone who's on our discord then they can reference it
1: and we'll see it here so here's uh, our heavy cruiser picture we've got little uh glamour shots for all the ships in the fleet editor when you add a ship it'll show you a screenshot of it in action
0: oh hello that is that is lovely that is lovely Hi. I wonder if you can, I wonder, hang on, I want to see something. I'm going to copy the link for that image and paste it back in this chat here and see if that goes out to the other chats.
1: Oh, that's clever. That should work. Yeah.
0: Boom. Yeah, direct links. Look yeah. at
1: that. So here's our frigate.
0: There it is. Oh yeah. That that was from the tutorial. I really, I gotta say, I love the design of the frigate. Thank you. I, I really do. The frigate do. was,
1: uh, the frigate was the first ship and it was literally, um, I threw – I said this in one of the devlogs. This was probably my favorite thing I've ever said in one of my devlogs was the Frigate's model was uh, – it was five boxes that I threw together in modeling software so that my test platform didn't have to be a single box. You know and what? I liked the shape so much that I made a proper model out of it.
0: No, it's great because that's probably what sh- – I mean, what ships are going to have giant-ass windows? You know, I mean, I love Star Trek. I love the Oroville, blah, blah, blah. But I mean – No ship is going to have big ass windows across the damn thing.
1: (laughs) I mean, I've caught, I've caught some flack for the bridge windows from a couple people. Yeah. The people who think that there are no, the people who think there wouldn't be windows on a space warship have never handled a ship. That's more than 10 feet long. Oh really? Yeah. It's uh really, really nice to be able to walk out onto the wings and and see what the back, where the back of the ship is and other, and just have a reference point around you.
0: So do you think on ships like this in the future, there would be windows just for where like the navigator is? And that's yeah, it?
1: The, so the, the ships in, in lore in the universe in this game are like real ships in the modern Navy. Uh, they have a CIC, which is where you fight the ship. You fight the ship from the CIC and you drive the ship from the bridge.
0: Oh, okay. That makes sense. So,
1: so what uh, did you do in the Navy? I'm an officer on a destroyer.
0: Uh, so that, that gives you a very... Yeah, because we, we talk to a lot of game developers and a lot of them don't seem to actually have military experience. Um, not that it's a knock against them. I'm just...
1: I don't think it's, it's a knock against, against anyone it's as not, a game developer, um, but I think that it gives me a very interesting perspective.
0: That's exactly what I was going um, for, yeah. That's offer exactly a, game a game like
1: game. this yeah, on what is, is and right. isn't possible and what is and isn't realistic.
0: Right, because I mean, there really hasn't been that many Space Harpoon games. Like Harpoon came came up earlier there really haven't been that many like detailed tactical, you know, space games like this. And it, I mean, it's kind of a shame (laughs) that there haven't been, uh, there've been a lot of actual Navy games. Um, but like when you, when it comes to space, yeah, it's the games like this are few and far between. And
2: yeah. So, so opinion thing, um, mm -hmm. other, as far as actual Navy, games that are out there is there anything that you find uh, like what would you recommend if you know because I, I it's like cold waters is pretty cool um uh, but that's more sub focused is there anything
1: that's good surface combat oh there is and now i'm struggling to remember the name of it i'm going to get back to you there's later that. on destroyer okay. command let's just take it old. School. um yeah, really old school
0: <laughs> destroyer <laughs> commander by ssi yes Yes, that fabulous game. that was actually a good game. That was actually a really good game.
2: <laughs> yeah, well there's that
1: Command um Command, command knobs, Modern,
0: Command Modern yeah. Operations. Now? Yeah, that's yeah. the one. That's the one okay. I was thinking
1: of. Very realistic, very um complicated. I don't play it cuz it reminds me too much of work. <laughs> so, that, so that's so that's it's also, uh, it's, it's, also like, real. <laughs> it's also like it's also like 90. <laughs> yeah, it's not cheap.
2: I, I guess it's that's a, that's an endorsement like the guy in the navy doesn't play it because it's too much like work. So, there it is.
4: There's one that's it's less realistic, more on the arcade side, uh, called Victory at Sea. It's. I actually think of it as a World War II naval mountain blade, because you have this overmap. You also have your little fleet that you can control. You have other fleets that are just going around and doing their own thing. And your goal is to use your fleet to help take over the rest of the map.
0: Oh, there's two of those games. There's two of those games. There's victory at sea and there's victory at sea Pacific. And Oh, there's apparently an ironclad one coming out.
1: A victory, I had my eye on uh the ultimate admiral uh game. I don't know if that's out yet.
0: Oh, is that the Age of Sail one?
1: No, there's was was a modern one, or not modern, it's a World War II era one with battleships.
0: Oh, okay. I, I know the Age of Sail one, I love Age of Sail stuff. That's that's my jam. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there, I think you're right. I think there is a modern,
2: yeah. So, the- so some, some other night, you're gonna have to come play Sea of Thieves with us.
0: <laughs> I do not own that. <laughs> It goes on sale fairly regularly, and it and is... if you have well, it's game on Game Pass.
3: Pass. If it's you also r- have Game Pass, it's free. Yeah,
0: it's on that, too. And if you
3: don't have Game Pass, get game you Pass. can try it for a dollar for three months. They can, they'll can they give you the Ultimate Edition for three months for a dollar. We don't... Microsoft, freaking endorse us, please. I will pitch this every single week.
1: <laughs> I actually don't really get a lot of time for uh, video game playing anymore since I have to negotiate with my wife for time to work on this game. And so all my free time that I'm not spending with my wife is, uh, is spent working on this pretty much.
0: No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, do you work full time beyond doing this game?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still uh, in the Navy. Oh, still in the Navy. Oh my God. <laughs> I Yeah. So just... but what little free time I have, I spend on this. No, that's fair. That's
0: fair. You want this to be uh be a great game. Uh, We did have a question earlier. Do you have any idea when this is coming to early access? Because there are people in this chat who want this
1: now. (laughs) Uh, That is really encouraging to hear, and I'm glad people are excited for it. Uh, I would love to get it out into early access really soon. And I think the game is actually in a pretty playable state. Uh, The bugs, there's not really many game-breaking bugs right now, but unfortunately, I do have a deployment coming up in the near future, uh, which is going to put the game on. I'm the only programmer, so it's going to put us on a bit of a hiatus for that time period, so uh, hopefully sometime at the end of the year or very early next year, like uh, February or so, uh, is when we're going to go to early access
0: oh okay oh I mean, you can't you can't program your game while you're at sea, come on, man, I need is a laptop I mean, right?
1: you do get you do get some free time <laughs> uh, kidding, and play. I do plan to bring my laptop with me and do a little bit, but my laptop is not my desktop you it, build times are painful and Iteration times are very slow. Which engine are you using for this? I'm using Unity. Yeah, Good.
3: it says Unity when it launches, or at least does it icon, Well, the icon comes up and says Unity when I clicked on it.
0: I didn't remember. That's my bad. But uh, no, that's kind of amazing that you're like I thought. I thought you were talking about your your military experiences in the past tense, um, but it is in the current tense. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to, anyway. <laughs> so yeah, that must, that must really give you like, even on a destroyer, do they have a, a separate CNC and a separate, are they separate on a destroyer? Even? Uh,
1: CIC. CIC, um, excuse me. Yeah, we do. Okay. Um, so you drive, you drive for the expression is you drive from the bridge and you fight from the CIC.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Mo- most of my, knowledge of, of naval technology comes from the movie, the hunt for red October, which is yeah. probably a bit outdated, which is, a, probably, a outdated, ping only. <laughs> which is probably a bit. Which
1: is probably. The CIC has been a, con- a core concept of Navy operations since world war two. Um, fun fact. Uh, the CIC was actually a concept was actually taken from a sci-fi novel from the 1910s. I think. What? Uh, yeah. The Navy. Um, I, th- I think the story was called directrix. There's actually a letter that the uh, Navy Admiral, I think or Captain wrote to the author and he said, "We took this concept explicitly and directly from your story because it was so good
3: yeah no uh, imitates art
1: <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> I'm gonna so look like it's, it's only a matter of time until they have yeah. like the main bridge and the battle bridge, and then you can separate the saucers you so, so 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 actually
1: is? uh <laughs> I highly recommend if you want to proceed a really good. They don't make a lot of good procedural navy movies, but if you want a really good one, Greyhound is incredible. And if you watch oh. that, you'll see um, you'll see the coordination between the bridge and the Combat Information Center, where they where CIC is taking fixes and uh, calculating courses and and doing farthest on circles for where the subs could be, things like that. Um, so that's a really great movie. To, um, one of Tom Hanks' best, I think.
0: Really? We were
1: we were actually watching it in the wardroom a couple weeks ago, um, and everyone was just like, you've just got 20 naval officers sitting Ooh. around the wardroom table with our captain, watching Tom Hanks pretend to be a Navy captain, and everyone was like, this is great.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't know it was based on the C.S. Forrester novel, The Good Shepherd. I did not know that.
1: I didn't know that, um, but I, I did know that I liked watching it.
0: Uh, C.S. Forrester folks, if you don't know, is also the guy who wrote the Horatio Hornblower novels, uh, which are amazing. If you haven't read them, uh, inspiration to Gene Roddenberry, uh, f- for example. <laughs> <laughs> so those are definitely worth reading. Uh, but no, I got to watch Greyhound now cause I- I'd heard of it. Um, but you know how, you know, I, you know, you hear about a movie and you're like, oh I might see that someday, but you just, uh, just knocked it up. That's on Apple. Oh, we have that too. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna definitely. Have to, I'm gonna definitely have to check that out. And who doesn't love Tom Hanks? I mean, he's you know have him he's read Tom the Hanks. have have him read the phone book, and uh, and I'd be okay with. it. <laughs> I'll have to watch that movie where he played Mister Rogers. I need to see that one.
2: So hey, um, in the design for your game. So what was some of the stuff cuz like I was talking about like the challenge of trying to design a uh, a 3D coordinate plotting system in in a 2D space but like what other kind of stuff have you run into that were problems that you
1: had to invent solutions to Um so the most complicated system is the sensor system Uh the a really core as I said a really core part of the game is its realistic sensor um mechanics. So all the sensors are, the active sensors are reaching out, looking for contacts, measuring their radar cross-section from the viewing angle based on the power, based on the gain, uh, based on the distance that the signal's traveling. And then on top of all of that, uh, all of those contacts are shared between ships through a communications network, and that communications network can be jammed and you can lose ships from that network and Uh, So you can have spotting ships that are providing data from across the map for sniper ships to shoot at. And then when those ships get jammed, those contacts disappear for the sniper ship. Uh, That's really complicated, and there were a lot of bugs in it. Um, But it's doing pretty well now. Uh, The formation, so the movement system was actually also really hard. Uh, The movement is all physical. It's not tweened between two points. uh, So you don't, like, take the ship and just smoothly move it between two positions like uh, like most strategy games would do. All the ships have thrust profiles in different directions, uh, and they are moving physically to that location, doing their best to stay on a line between the first point and the next waypoint. And then smoothly, um, once they reach a breaking distance to that next waypoint, they shift to the next one and try to smoothly coast onto that line. Uh, and there were a lot of edge cases on that. Uh, a lot of interesting physical behaviors that I learned about, such as uh, the tendency for ships to kind of uh, orbit around that line by accident because they have remnants of their velocity. Uh, and then the formation system, the ships that are flying formation like they're doing right now, uh, they are actually uh, – the the guide ship, the ship that's at the, set, the uh, root of the formation, the other ships that are following it are working to keep an ideal position near that ship, ideal um, – Physically also, the same way that the main ship is moving. So that's a lot of really complicated stuff that I had to get working. Um, but I think the results were were pretty nice. Yeah, and that that was
2: a thing that I I noted in the tutorial that was kind of interesting. Because you have different armor facings on the ship. So you might want to travel in a direction other than the way that you're facing armor toward the enemy. So you, you can actually use your lateral thrusters and, yes. you know, or get, get the ship rolling and then turn and
1: coast. Yep. To, and, and, um, and the ships have different thrust power depending on which way they're facing. So main engines are obviously largest, braking engines are second, and maneuvering thrusters are third. And so if you're doing a strafe, your ship is going to reach the same top speed eventually, but it has less thrust in that direction, so it takes much longer. Hmm. Uh, and to answer this question... Um, that Marshall is also answering, uh, there are passive sensors also. So you can do uh, you can actually see someone else seeing you on their radar and you can detect the direction that they are in uh, without having an active sensor on your ship. So you can kind of have a little spy ship sitting somewhere watching the radar emissions from the map and giving you an idea where the enemy is, even though you're not getting uh, actual targeting positional data on them. Oh, neat. Have, have you ever read the book The Lost Fleet? I John read the, the first one and the second one, and I thought they were great. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah um, we had him are, on years yeah. ago to, to about talk that. about that. Um, but it, the velocities on your ships are pretty low, right? So you're you're like relative to each other, and yeah, you know. Um, and I noticed, that, you know, like the. In the training stuff, there's a lot of terrain. There's asteroids around and stuff, so it's not like you know you're you're moving at extreme speeds or anything. Um, but that was a thing that was present in his books was not just um, how do you compute a weapon solution for a target that's moving like a quarter light speed, and he is nowhere near the place that you actually see his image at because he's you know he's in front of that by so many seconds or whatever. Um, but also in giving orders to the other people in your formation, then there's also lag of the signal. And even if you're using like tight being laser communications between ships to be able to talk, it's like, well, how many light seconds away are there? It takes that long for whatever I say <laughs> to get over there.
1: Yeah. And uh, and
2: your data links and everything too.
1: Yeah. It is um uh, that was an interesting thing that I hadn't thought of when I first read those books when I was like 12. Um, and I thought it was really, really cool. That kind of comes into effect here. So um, we're not working nearly at those level of speeds, or we're not working nearly at those distances. Uh, everything's meant to happen very slowly. I want it to be uh, um, a very tense, uh, long engagement, long time to kill. But on the actual targeting factors, uh, the sensors only sweep every quarter second. Uh, you don't get continuous data, and so the the guns actually keep keep track of how long it's been since a track's been updated, and try to estimate their lead based on uh, the velocity and distance to the target, but also how stale that track is. Because in a quarter second, at twenty meter at uh, twenty meters per second, um, that's a substantial enough distance that you could miss. Uh, and then, furthermore, the fire control radars are your only way to get an updated position and velocity every frame and make them much more accurate but usually those fire control radars are located on a turret Uh, you can actually see one on the stream right now on the small beginnings just forward of the the rear gun Uh, and that has to be pointing at the target and it has to have the target in its cone in order to maintain that lock and then then, uh, your guns will be more accurate
0: oh (laughs)
2: you yeah, know which which is pretty wild so the as far as the sensors that you're simulating is it is it just like a generic it's a sensor or are you are you actually thinking specific like okay there's there's a telescopic you know optical array and there might be a radar thing and you know can I do I risk going with active sensors or keep it on passive cuz active's going to show everybody where I'm at
1: yeah so there are um right now there's just the radar and visual sensors um, but other sensors, the way the sensor system is written is it's very easy to add more without um, actually complicating the system at all. It's all just what is the type of the signature. Um, but the, the, the visual sensors, yes, you can turn your radars off uh, and you can use just visual targeting. But visual targeting is super inaccurate and is mostly just a, uh, a fallback in case of emergencies, in case your sensor panels are shot. Uh, speaking of which, the sensor panels, uh, there are four of them on these cor- on these frigates that you can see. And if one of them is damaged, uh, you'll actually lose sensor coverage in that sector. So you can blind the, you can be, if you take a bunch of hits on your port side, uh, that ship can actually be blinded on the port side and not be able to see anything on radar. Uh, usually other ships will pick up the slack from their radar panels, which is why we have the sensor network. But um, if you can't, there's still always visual targeting. Charge the enemy until you can see them, and then uh, some weapons can shoot at that. Uh, that's neat. I I was thinking about uh, if you had
2: a, an ammo type like for the missile launchers, where say you fire uh, like a cruise missile tube, but it's actually a drone. So it goes out and just orbits like a predator, and you or you could leave it behind like a minefield almost. But it's like, hey, I'm going to leave a sensor boy behind. Yeah.
1: sensor buoys are something that's definitely on the menu. Uh, not Woo. right now, but I actually just started, very started um, working on them, but they're not close to being done yet. Um, and then once we have carriers, there will be scout planes and, and scout drones and stuff like that. Uh, also, hopefully, uh, the ability to launch a single fighter or drop ship or marine boarding oh. ship, whatever, from uh, larger ships. So like a single a single craft hanger that you can stick on an exterior mount uh, would be a cool option instead of having to only rely on carriers uh, for scouts. Um, And to answer Hera's question, uh, there are passive radar sensors. So you can see what other people's emissions are in the battlefield, battle space, um, and see where in what direction they are. And that's a, that doesn't require any emissions. And you can also see them from further away than they can see you.
0: Oh. There is like so much to like. It sounds like in this thing, especially that conquest mode. I want that conquest mode, man. I want that bad. Now, um, the store, the Steam page mentions uh, online. Uh, it mentions uh, PVP. So, will like what is the what is the plan for multiplayer? Will there be like will conquest mode have multiplayer? Will it just be skirmish games?
1: So right um, now, multiplayer is fully implemented. Uh, the okay. PvP games that our testers play are very exciting uh, and very fun to watch. And the meta is evolving all the time. I think my favorite part of... Uh, I'm not a professional game developer. I think my favorite thing about being a game developer now in a ho- as a hobby um, is not what I expected. It's watching my testers enjoy themselves. But more than, more than that, it's watching them go after each patch Oh, this has changed. This is the new meta. Cannons are the new meta. Cannons are awesome now. Beams are awesome now. Missiles are the new meta. This is bring this. Um, damage control is up. Plus plus plus. And I'm just sitting there like, I didn't change that. And just watching them like come up with their theories <laughs> for for what's best at any given time. Um, even though they have all the patch notes there, they're still they still um, come up with their ideas for what is the best based on the games that they've been playing, which is pretty cool. But anyway, to your question. Uh, multiplayer is implemented. It's a lot of fun. It's how we do most of our testing because right now the AI, uh, while kind of smart, can also be very brain dead in a lot of situations and improving the AI is definitely something that we need to do before we go to early access. That's an important thing because uh, the problem with multiplayer is that it means your players can only enjoy the game when other players are around. Um, But we want to make sure that AI is as integral as PvP, uh, so that players can enjoy playing single player if they don't. My my wife hates playing multiplayer games. She just does not like playing with other people. She won't even play games with me most of the time. Oh, wow. Uh, um, but it's it's just some people have preferences, uh, but skirmish mode will be PvP. It is PvP. Conquest mode, when it's added, will also be PvP, except I imagine that that will be a much longer uh, overtime game. So you'll kind of like the way that Stellaris or Sins of the Solar Empire worked, uh, where you'd you'd play a game with your friends and then save it and come back to it at a later date because uh, conquering a solar system with our long individual skirmishes uh, is going to take a while.
2: Yeah, I would I would strongly suggest a uh, cooperative versus AI mode. So you know it's like just like a normal skirmish, but it would be like me and you versus some computer ships or
1: yep. something. So uh, the same way you can do that in like Homeworld or or Command and Conquer, uh, you can add bots to the enemy team and just um, group all your uh, human players on the uh, on one team. The downside is uh, right now there's a bug where the AI doesn't take action in multiplayer for some reason. I'm still tracking that down, uh, but it is something that would be possible if that bug weren't present.
4: We you love our comp stomps around here? We We'd love we, comp stomps. We, we
0: love comp stomps. Big, big time comp stomp fans. Uh, I'm not sure what LIDAR is, but Hera Tutori is asking about it. What is it? Uh, it is
1: light direction and ranging, similar to radar. Uh, you're using lasers instead of radio waves. Uh, no, there is not currently LIDAR, um, but as I said, adding new sensor types is actually pretty easy with how I wrote the system.
4: Just for reference, Brian, LIDAR featured very heavily in Battlestar Galactica.
0: Oh, okay. That's where I was thinking with the com- with the um, with the combat information center too. I always think of Battlestar Galactica. They got that table and everything, and they're looking over the map and blah blah blah. So that's that's what I have in my brain at least. Um. Anyway, I actually had a question on uh, salvaging. Uh,
4: would that be possible at least in in terms of? Um- salvaging after battle, that if you happen to disable a ship to where the are cruising incapacitated, but enough of the systems are still intact, you could maybe go pick over the remains post-battle. And then maybe get damage control uh, lockers or other modules off of the ship that you could then replenish your supplies in uh, in the field.
1: Uh, Right now, I'm thinking that it's going to definitely be possible um, in between battles, you know, to the victor goes the spoils Uh, as for happening on the battlefield. I think that it could be possible. I think it would be very risky to dock your ship up with one that is disabled uh, because usually ships that get disabled are in very bad tactical positions. Uh, They're in open space or they're, um, you know, not in a very defensible position. So if you're going to take the risk, to dock your ship up to one that's disabled uh to get those things to pull some ammo aboard or to go get um uh, supplies from lockers or whatever it's something i think the player could do uh but i i think it would be a very big risk might make for a good score
2: mechanic, though. It's like, how, how gently touched did you leave the enemy as you destroyed them?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, what right, I mean, stuff out was engines. on the battlefield? Yeah, so at the at the end of the clip that's been on loop, you'll actually see the, the battle report. There's nothing on there because it's just the movement tutorial. Um, but you will, uh, you'll you'll uh, normally see on both sides the end result of the battle of all the ships, what modules are damaged, how much damage they took. Um And eventually, I'm hoping to make that more detailed, but it shows you exactly what you did to the enemy, at what time each ship was eliminated, etc. So what about a uh, a VCR function, so that I could take a battle
2: and maybe even send it to somebody else, and then they could replay it?
1: Uh, I had thought of that. Very difficult to do, um, but something that would be really cool, I got to think on it. Okay, because
2: because if you'd have said you were doing it, I was going to ask how the hell were you doing it? Because kind of the the system of doing that is, it kind of I'm I'm in awe of the games that have done it. Yeah, I have you no mean idea like, how uh, they do it.
4: Like Battlestar Galactica Deadlock, where it does the yeah the video replay and yeah that's that's can't pretty can't neat, around?
2: right? Because then then it's and and it's also like the the combat mission games right? Because yeah. it's, it's just like, wow, that ship just blew up and I don't know why. Uh,
1: let me, let me go back to the tape and yeah, find I, out what I did. A game like deadlock where you're um, where it's turn-based or not real time. Uh, I think that that would be pretty easy because mostly you're just recording player inputs at a given time and then recording the results of that. A game that's very physically based like this one, where there's lots of room for drifting, like you'll see the ships on the video, just moving in a straight line, there's plenty of them just drifting along that line and making course corrections. With that small little difference, you can't just say fired at this time, hit it this time, because all of those cannon shells are physical objects that are moving through space. And everything um, gets
4: rendered. Yeah. Makes
1: sense. Yeah. And then small little deviations could produce different results.
2: Yeah, I just wish there was a game online that was like EVO except had combat like this. Because I really don't like the combat, in Eve.
0: <sighs> yeah, not my jam would yeah. be pretty cool,
1: but um, having do. synchronized this kind of combat over a network, I do not see it working in a, in an MMO context.
0: Yeah, that no, would it would have really to be like hard hit, to do. It would have
1: to be hit scan.
2: It wouldn't be uh, like you know, like the the decision whether a shot hits or not is probably made as it leaves the barrel, not so much what yeah. happens. Yeah.
0: So so how far uh, would you say the game is along at this point?
1: Uh, we actually have a public roadmap that I can link um, in the stream chat if you'd like me to. Yeah. Um, this is our uh, roadmap where we talk about what we've got in progress and what we absolutely think that we need to have done before we go to early access. Um, most of them are polishing at this point. Uh, I think that right now the game is... And from what our pre-alpha testers, uh, and you can become a pre-alpha tester on our Patreon. Sorry if that's a illegal plug that you guys don't want me doing. No, uh, no. But if come. you want to, if you do want to play the game uh, in pre-alpha, it is a pre-alpha, so there will be plenty of bugs. But uh, if you do want to play, we have a Patreon. Dude, put um, your
0: put a link to your Patreon in the Steam chat.
1: Uh, like, sure, right now. <laughs> um, uh, I'll get that as I'm talking. I'm trying to multitask right now. Um, so. so- Uh, The the pre-alpha testers uh, or the pre-alpha players and the the internal testers um, thank you Rear Admiral uh, have been saying that they've been having a lot of fun. I love watching their chats as they develop the meta um, and talk about what they do and don't want. And They've got a massive spreadsheet of of wishes and bugs and things like that and things they want changed. Uh, But most of the stuff we've got on our roadmap is polishing. I think that right now the game is actually in a state where it could go to early access. But I am not willing to release a game in early access and then deploy for six to nine months and not be able to support that. Um, I think that that's a very bad uh, look. And I know that the indie game community is pretty small and that uh, indie developers, uh, their history stays with them. And I don't want to release a product and not be there to support it when it has problems.
0: No, I, I, I totally get that. And this, this public roadmap is is great, especially since you're using Trello, which Trello is the best. Um, it's literally the best folks. Like if you're not using Trello for your everything, (laughs) you should use Trello for your everything because my God, (laughs) but your whole life in here, um, well, we, I have to, I I think it's clear that we're all impressed with what we've seen so far and we definitely want to see more, um, So we will definitely, we got to start wrapping up, but we'll definitely have you back uh, as the game gets further along uh, through its early access. Um, Because, you know, as you can see in the chat and through us talking, this is a game that we all really want to play and we all are excited about. So uh, it has been a a real joy to talk to you and learn more about it.
1: Um, Yeah, it's been awesome to be on here. Um, So thank thank you.
0: And uh, good luck with your uh, upcoming deployment. Uh, be safe there as well. Um, how is I I I I just want to ask one last question: How is the Navy handling COVID? Like in such like close quarters with other people? How, yeah. How, how is the
1: Navy handling co- what COVID? Oh, the, COVID. We all. Oh, we all wear masks. Um, we all get screened at the brow when we walk on board. Um, it is difficult, especially because of the close quarters of a ship, um, but we've actually got a pretty good handle on it. There's only been, I think in the entire, um, DOD, I think only five deaths. Of course, part of that is probably attributable to the part, to the fact that, uh, people in the military tend to be younger and healthier than the average citizen because Mm. we PT all the time. Um, but our number of infections is also significantly less than the general population, and I think that that is partly due to the fact that when uh, um, that when the navy says you will wear a mask, everyone does. <laughs> uh, there will
4: be
0: consequences yeah. if you do not. Oh, yeah, I yeah, really, I so. really wish we so, could do that with the rest of the country. Uh, so what?
2: So once you're at sea for like a month, right, and nobody's got it, do they relax
1: the mask thing? Because
2: obviously nobody's
1: got it. Um, that's something that's open uh an open question right now my captain has said that he probably intends to loosen restrictions uh when we've been at sea for a month and it's known that nobody has it Uh, but my ship's also mostly been vaccinated at this point
0: is that limiting like um shore leave and stuff like that as well
1: uh that's up to the countries that we pull in at it depends on weather and probably countries that we pull in at are probably going to require proof of vaccination to let us ashore Hmm. So with the, with the
2: vaccination, has anybody grown eye stocks or (laughs) pretty sad? I haven't
1: gotten a third arm yet. I was really looking forward to that.
0: I I was, (laughs) I was going to, I was going to ask you about the 5g transmissions you've been receiving.
1: Uh, (laughs) When I got home, when I got home (laughs) and my wife asked me how my first shot was, I said, well, I have a really weird urge to um, buy Microsoft products. And there's this weird voice asking me if I need help writing my resume and she didn't get it.
0: I just, I just, I, I just imagine oh that my episode God, I've of got
1: Clippy. They
2: injected me with Clippy. I,
0: I just imagine that episode of Gilligan's Island when he has the radio in his filling. You know, that's that's what I imagine. Um, <laughs> no, you <laughs> really
2: just, dated you gave me
3: there. You, I know. He gave me an
2: idea for like a, a horror show on Netflix where a guy actually gets injected with Clippy and it just haunts him. <laughs> it's like, we, hey, it looks like oh, you're trying man. to do something. You need some help.
0: Oh god! If if has, hey, has, that's
3: formatted wrong. Let's redo that.
0: Has that everyone really, here?
4: Uh, there is a more recent Amazon show upload.
0: Oh, where, that show is great. That show is really. The really show great is great. Amazing. It's yeah. so good. Uh, also, if anyone watches Lower Decks, there's a badgey on Lower Decks, which is um, amazing. <laughs> oh,
2: is Absolutely. that like Clippy? But it's a star. Yes. badge.
0: Oh, and he's homicidal. As well. Yes. Oh my God. Badgie is. Oh, uh, now
2: I have to watch it. Oh,
0: it's, it's voiced by the guy who did, um, the page on 30 rock. Jack Breyer, McBrier. I forget his name, but he did the voice of Badgie and it's, it's probably one of the best characters. (laughs) Him and peanut hamper, uh, are probably some of the finest characters on Lord. That's, that's all I'm going to tell you about peanut hamper. Um, (laughs)
2: Peanut <laughs> hamper, like banana hammock.
0: It's an, it's no. an ex it's an exocomp that enlists oh. in Starfleet. Remember the exocomps from next wow, generation? They,
3: they, that's, a, that, that's like oh. a deep cut to like that one episode. Dude,
0: Jeez. dude, lo, lower decks. They should just call it deep cuts. Star Trek, deep cuts. Cause that's what that show is. It's just deep cut after deep cut. Like they reference the animated series in that show. Well, it's,
3: it's just, that's just like, so funny to me. I, now we've uh, definitely gone way off course, but like, it's just interesting yeah. that they would make such a reference to that. Like only people who have ever seen that episode of star Trek would know what the hell that is.
0: Dude, They they, they name check Roga Danar, like in one episode, oh. like, wow. like, All right. Deep, <laughs> like deep, deep cuts. <laughs> it's amazing. Anyway, we get a little off track there at the end. Uh, Mazer, I want to thank you so much for uh, taking the time out of what sounds like a very busy schedule um, <laughs> to uh, to talk to us about uh, your game. Folks, again, the game is uh, Nebulous uh, Fleet Command. Uh, you can wishlist it now on Steam. There is a Steam page uh, on the MP3. And again, apologies for the audio earlier, but the MP3 will have all the audio and uh, the... The uh, the um, the page um, on the blog with the audio will also link to the Patreon and the and the roadmap and everything if you want to get caught up on that. But uh, yeah, we've been playing an early version of it, at least the tutorials, and it looks really great. Especially if you're like looking for some kind of harpoony type thing, this is really I think going to scratch that itch more than just about anything it has in a long, long. Like we had one game, we we interviewed someone who did one game like seven years ago who did like, it was called Taccom or something. It was the most generic name and it was only for Mac, but it was basically Harpoon in Space is exactly what it was. And it was great. And that's been basically it, <laughs> I think, um, so yeah, definitely check it out, Nebulous Fleet Command. You can wishlist it on Steam right now. Uh folks, we will see you next week with a topic show. Uh we're going to talk about pricing and entitlement next week because when ever we we thought of this idea because whenever Space 2 hit early access, the whining about $40 was astounding. Like absolutely astounding. Um so that was amazing. And then Thursday, if we have the energy, because energy has been something that's been very short supply lately, we're going to try the new combat update to Vulcanoids. Uh, very excited to revisit that game. Uh, if you guys haven't checked that out game, that game is like with a, with like a steampunk drill submarine thing on an Island that erupts every 30 minutes. Um, it's it's amazing. Um And they just did a big update for it. So we're going to play that on Thursday for our LAN party. And tomorrow I'm going to play a game that just came out on the stream called Disjunction. Um, That just came out. Apparently it's very good. It is. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. I keep, I keep thinking dysentery. Every time I think of the game's name, I think dysentery. I don't know why,
4: which is also good.
0: Oh, dismantle. I forgot about that one. Yeah, that's another good one. Uh, so that's what I'm going to play tomorrow if I can wake my can wake my butt up early enough to do it. Uh, but folks, it was a very active chat tonight. Thank you so much, everyone, in the chat for hanging out for all your questions. Uh, very active chat tonight. Really great to see. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening and for oh, and Happy Groundhog Day. That's right. That's right. Oh, and Happy Birthday, AC Wraith. I didn't know it was your birthday. Happy Birthday fellow February birthday. Mine is coming up as well. So, uh, and Shakira's birthday as well. Okay. Happy birthday, Shakira, I guess. Oh, and she's in
3: the audience <laughs> again, <laughs> Brent Spiner's birthday, by
0: the way. Oh, it's that's right. It's also Brent Spiner's birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah.
3: Uh... Is he also in the chat again? That's
0: my <laughs> God. Um, how, amazing, how amazing would that be? <laughs> It'd be like, it'll be like
2: mirror mirror on romper room. And I see Nicholas cage and, I see <laughs> and memory leak death.
0: Oh God, that's right. I forgot all about that. All right. Uh that's gonna do it for tonight, folks. Have a great night. Uh be safe, be well. Take care of each other. Uh we love you and we'll see you next time. Bye bye.